0: Welcome back to The Lives of Writers, a podcast presented by Autofocus, a literary publisher of artful autobiographical writing, which you can find today at autofocuslit.com or on Twitter and Instagram, at autofocuslit. I am the publisher of Autofocus, Michael Wheaton. Today on the show, I talk with Kevin Samson. Kevin Samsel is the author of several books, including the memoir, A Common Pornography, the novel "This Is Between Us," and most recently the visual collage and poetry collection "I Made an Accident" from Clash Books. He coordinates events in the small press rack at Powell's in Portland, and is the publisher of Future Tense Books. All right, let's get to it. This is my conversation with Kevin Samsell.
1: Every year, Powell's hires like um, you know a handful of extra people for like the holidays because it gets really super busy. Um, and some of those people stay on and some of them like get let go in January or whatever. So, um, I was able to stay on and, um, I was, uh, I wasn't even working at the main store for the first year. I was working at, um, one of the smaller stores and, um, they would have events there a couple of times a week. Um, and there wasn't really anyone else at the store that had, um, hosted events or like was interested in (laughs) doing that kind of stuff. Like, you Uh know, sometimes people are shy about getting up in front of people and, you know, speaking or like, you know, meeting authors, people get nervous. And, you know, before that I was, uh, I'd been doing future tense for a couple of years and, and I would like set up readings, um, you know, at, at like, cafes and other little bookstores and and of course i i would do readings myself and so i kind of knew all the different things about it and i didn't have a problem posting them so um so i was like yeah i'll do it and because nobody else was interested <laughs> you know they're mm-hmm. they're just like okay great you know he's actually excited to do it so uh you know we better keep him so we have somebody to do that and then Just like, you know, maybe like almost a year later, uh, a few months later, the main like events coordinator person at the, at the downtown store was uh, leaving. So that job came open and, um, and I applied for it. That was like, so I started working at Powell's right around uh, like um, Thanksgiving of like 1997, Thanksgiving, Christmas. And then like probably summer of 98, I applied for the um, event coordinator job. And that one, that's a little bit different because that was like the job where you would get the emails and the phone calls from the publicists and, you know, people saying like, Hey, we got like Salman Rushdie, uh, doing a book tour. Can you schedule him and, you know on this day or this week in september or whatever so it's basically just kind of like uh you know running the calendar and scheduling stuff and so i applied for that job and and ended up getting it so i went from like uh christmas temp <laughs> to uh you know events coordinator for the largest bookstore in the world so yeah right <laughs> um so it's pretty wild um yeah, and I and, you know there was like a, another uh, person who helped me with that too. So there was like two people that were the event coordinators. So I wasn't just doing it all by myself. But um, yeah, so that's kind of how I started. And a friend of mine, uh, Marty Cruz, was the uh, small press guy when I started. And he was great. We were good friends. And maybe like five or six years after that, he was one of the guys who spearheaded the union at uh, Powell's and um, he was kind of in some hot water with the management <laughs> <You know? laughs> for various reasons. And um, he kind of thought that he was going to like probably get fired or something at some point. Um, and he did. And <laughs> it was like, but it was this kind of funny thing. Like, I think it was like the day that he got fired or the day before we had lunch together and um he you know i don't think he had any control over this really but he was like get fired i want you to take over the small press section Uh you know it was like it (laughs) was like this like funny sort of like handing over the you know it was like like a godfather kind of thing or something (laughs) and um so I was like, yeah, that would be great. Uh, you know, I'd love to. Well, I, I don't know if I actually said that because I didn't want him to get fired or anything. Right. But he did hours later. And, um, <laughs> and nobody else in the store was really knowledgeable or interested in the small press section. It's such a, mm-hmm. you know, even back then it was such a like strange, weird section. You know, you had to be really like knowledgeable and kind of like know all of the weird little presses and the people involved and where to get the books and stuff. Um, so yeah, I ended up getting that, that part of the job too. So those are the two, uh, things I do for Powell's. And it's great. Those are they're like the two best jobs. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you'd be a natural fit for the small press section being that you were running a small press. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'd also love to hear the story of that. So you started that before Powell's, you said. So tell me about yeah, how did Future Tense start and what 30 years later, you're still putting out some books. Yeah,
1: it actually started in 1990. I was living in Spokane, Washington. And um I was going to like the weekly or monthly open mic there, you know, at the, at auntie's bookstore, uh, you know, at that point I was like 23. Um, and I was just kind of looking for like, uh, places to, to read. And, um, you know, I was just kind of like a young poet person who, um, <laughs> didn't really have any, connection to other writers that much but i was really interested in it and i loved to read out loud i loved you know i was kind of a kind of a ham at (laughs) the reading um i liked sort of like i was really into like weird performance art people and um not really like slam poems or whatever but like just the weird kind of performance type people like karen finley and um you know, William Burroughs and um, all those people that would just do like really weird uh, kind of um, audio experiments and stuff. Um, and uh, I started like making my own little like chapbooks um, and going to Kinko's basically like before I even had a computer, you know, it was all like um, there was like poems that were like typed on a typewriter um it's just like you know really janky like like a cut and paste layout and stuff and um and it was really funny uh i don't know It was also like around the time when scenes were you know in its heyday so um you know i was influenced by people kind of making their own things and and getting it out there and i was also influenced by um record labels and um kind of like indie music record labels, um, specifically like things in the Northwest, like Sub Pop and uh, like K Records especially was a big influence. Um, I just loved how they made their own cassettes and stuff and they kind of um, hand wrote all their like Xerox catalog copy and, you know, and all that stuff. and. Um, so I just kind of started doing that just to kind of get my own stuff out there. And I just decided to put Future Tense on there. So it look like, it was like, you know, oh, it's published by this thing. But, uh-huh, right. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to be sly about it or something. Um, and then, you know, and then I would meet people who would ask for, um, you know, ask me to help them put their, their little chapbooks together and stuff. And, um, you know I'd say, like, oh, can we put future tents on here and then it'll mm-hmm. seem like there's like more people than just yeah. me or whatever, <laughs> so kind of like just doing stuff like that with friends um and then you know, and then a couple of years later, I'm in portland uh nineteen ninety two i think summer of ninety two so um didn't really know that many people in Portland, but um found like the open mic things you know I would go and read a few things and um, it was just such a different kind of thing in Portland like the you know in Spokane it was like I was always like the youngest person at the open mic and everyone else was like these older kind of poets reading you know sort of nice poetry and I was like the weirdo just like (laughs) kind of reading like abstract stuff and um, when I moved to Portland. And started going to these things it was like there was a lot of other people that were my age that was doing it and they're doing like really cool stuff and you know kind of experimenting and um and I really like you know kind of found uh, a group of people that I um really connected with and and they liked my stuff and so it was really cool to kind of like find this group of people um and then start helping some of those people put out their chat books and and that around that time, like early 90s was when I first started to also send out uh, poems to little magazines, you know, like, um, back then you would uh, get um, like a poet's market book or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. And you'd actually send, you know, your poems or whatever through the mail with like a self addressed stamp envelope. And uh, so... Yeah, totally dating myself, but like that's, you know, I was around before the internet basically. <laughs> um maybe not before the internet, but you know, you know because I was also doing that at the same time I was um meeting, quote unquote, people from um other areas of the country and other like uh towns and states and and I I was lucky to get published in a few of these little magazines and, you know, and you get these things in the mail and you would see like, oh, this person, this person wasn't the last thing I had a poem in or whatever. And, you know, it's kind of like you find people that you really like and it's like that thing where you get really into something and then, and then it's just like one thing leads to another and all of a yeah. sudden, you know, like you discover you like this like certain kind of music and then like, you know, a month later you, you have, like, a hundred bands that you're in love with or whatever, so.
0: Yeah. So, okay, so I imagine that when you were a kid, you had, like, you must have really liked books. <laughs> if if that young, you were already out reading and then you wanting to publish them. Tell me this story there. What What kind of brought you into... Writing and wanting to, you know, publish and spread your own writing.
1: Yeah, it's kind of the opposite. Like, I was not into books when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I feel like we didn't really have a lot of books around the house. There was, like, this weird time, I think, when I was in, like, eighth grade or something, where I think maybe I was, like, homesick or something for uh, a few days, and I read I read a couple of books and I was like, um, and I was really excited about it. And um, and then like, you know, and then like a couple weeks later, I just like stopped. <laughs> it was like, but there was this like really weird time where I remember laying in bed and like, um, and just like reading, cause I couldn't do anything else. And I read like, uh, I read Brian's Song, mm-hmm. uh, that book about the dying football player. And then I also read um, like S.C. Hinton uh-huh. book.
0: Is that the, is that the Outsiders or a different one? No, it
1: was a, it was like a lesser known one. It was called like that. Was then this is now.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I haven't read that, that one,
1: and I thought that was good. And then I read a couple of like weird cheesy horror books. Um, yeah, so that was really strange. And then like <laughs> and then like throughout my whole high school years, I feel like I did not read a single book or something yeah. like, and I just would like avoid it if it was, like, required to read, you know, the Scarlet Letter or whatever we were supposed to read. And uh, I don't know what it was. I was just super into music and sports. And so, like, that's where a lot of my time, you know, um, went. And then I I actually really did not get into, like, um, reading that much until I was, like, 21,
0: you mm-hmm. know.
1: Um and the reason i know that exact age is because um uh i was i was dating i had like my first like kind of serious girlfriend around that time that i lived with for a while and we we were together for about a year and um and she would always kind of like uh sort of lightly make fun of me for not reading books um <laughs> like i would i would always go and like buy the music magazines at the at the newsstand and I would read like Melody Maker and uh, New Music Express, all the like Brit pop magazines because I was really into Brit pop at that time. Yeah. <laughs> and um, after we broke up, um, I feel like, you. yeah, it was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that was like, maybe that was just like the subliminal thing in the back of my head. Like, mm-hmm. like we got to do something to, you know prove ourselves um but i just kind of got into the habit of like um reading and i think it was just a thing where yeah i would just um always have a book with me because i realized like oh there's all this time in the day thank god there wasn't like smartphones or whatever yeah (laughs) but like there's all this time in the day you would go and you'd have to wait you know at like the doctor's office or the dmv or like you know whatever you're doing and there'd just be all this time and it was just like i oh, gotta you know have a book with me and so i just got really into it and it's funny because i was kind of like writing and stuff before I got into <laughs> <to> reading yeah <laughs> um i don't know it's kind of embarrassing to talk about all this stuff in in, in a way because i feel like you know that i was just kind of like you know ignorant in, in a lot of ways
0: yeah well if it makes you feel better i i was i was not a huge <laughs> reader and when you said that you were mostly just into music and sports it's like yeah that was basically and movies like that's basically mm-hmm. me and i and i didn't really i mean i and kind of similarly i had you know experiences reading that were really positive at like eighth seventh I think it was like eighth ninth grade maybe and then it kind of went away for a while a few books later and then maybe not until you know I think maybe 19 is maybe when I got in so it's pretty (laughs) it's pretty similar but I know what you mean though there's like you know I get a lot of information about people's childhoods you know on the show who are writers And uh, the main story is always just like, I could read really early. (laughs) Like I was really Mm -hmm. interested in books and every time, and it's always interesting to me because every time I hear, I'm like, man, I I was not like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, I kind of wish I was, Mm -hmm. I,
1: I know other people like that too. That was like, you know, like, Oh yeah. I read like all of these books when I was like in fourth grade or first grade, you know, it's just crazy. Um, and even now, you know, I, I meet people, with with kids or whatever and their kids are like you know they've read all of the uh you know these various book series they read all the harry potters you know all of the like you know narnia and Um, all that kind of stuff and it's like i don't know anything about those books really mm -hmm. um yeah so it makes me feel there's definitely holes I've read a lot since then, but there's definitely, like, holes in my writing life. Yeah. So, and I also didn't go to college, so that's the other thing. Like, I I missed a lot of, like, required reading. Yeah, uh Uh, And I also just didn't get that further education.
0: Yeah, so, you know, and then all of a sudden, then you're publishing books. And (laughs) so, so then... you know I know there's a memoir and there's a novel, so would you talk about um you know life as you're writing kind of your first book and then you know it getting out there and then trying to do the next one? yeah, I just kind of
1: started off where I was writing poems. I was basically just kinda of learning how to how to to write and you know communicate my ideas or you know whatever so I you know I started off writing poems because it's kind of like the the thing that like anyone can jump into you know um but you know after doing that for a couple of years I kind of realized that I didn't really um read poetry that much mm-hmm. it's another embarrassing uh it's like a whole series of embarrassments <laughs> but um yeah I just didn't really read poetry that much in that so I, you know, but I was really into the short stories actually by that time. So I wanted to write short stories and I, you know, kind of like dabbled and I think there's like a couple of them probably in, you know, some early chat books of mine. Um I was putting together a book of short stories for somebody, early aughts or something like that. I was putting together a book of short stories and there was one story, that was called Fountain of Youth, and it was kind of this fragmented thing with these like memories of like a childhood. And um, when I was putting the book together, I kind of I, I left it out of the manuscript because I was like, yeah, this feels really different to me. Then I just realized like, oh, well, it's because it's like, because I'm, like, writing about my, my life or whatever. This is I guess this is nonfiction. Is this what people call nonfiction? <laughs> you know, it's like... Um, and so I just knew it was a little bit different. And, um, yeah, so uh, I left that out, and I was like, oh, maybe I should just, like, you know, write a few more of these kind of things, like these sort of, like, funny childhood memories and, like, make this into its own little book, which I did. Um I put that out myself on like Future Tense, and it was this little 60-page paperback. It was the first uh, version of a common pornography, um, uh, which I called a memoir, um, which is a memoir. Um, a few years later, I connected with a, an agent just kind of accidentally, and he liked my writing, and he asked if I had you know, something that he could help me like publish or sell or whatever so um i showed him that book and i had all these other things happening at this time like my dad had passed away and i found out all these other like weird family secrets and stuff and um so i wanted to write about those and kind of like uh blend those in to like this series of like childhood memories and stuff like that so i basically re rewrote a common pornography just like you know like made it like way bigger um and you know showed the the agent what i had it wasn't totally done yet and he sent it out and it got picked up um by uh harper perennial so um that was how that book came about and that book came out in 2010 yeah so that was just kind of a weird the realization that I had when I was putting that book together, like, oh wow, I wrote a memoir. Like I wrote nonfiction, <laughs> um, and it just had a very, it had a, just kind of a different sort of tone from my my fiction in a way. And um, uh, at least for me, a lot of people really responded to that book and like, you know, reached out to me or you know, people would talk to me about you know how it was similar to something that they went through you know, certain parts of the book. Um, And I just realized that it was, I had never really had uh, people, you know, come up to me and talk to me that in depth about my fiction. And I think I just realized at that moment, like, wow, this is, this is kind of a a genre that people really respond to because it's, uh, you know, because it's real and they can see Mm -hmm. their own realities in this kind of stuff. It was a big realization. And I, and I wanted to write more stuff like that, just like other kind of like essays about stuff that, um, that I had thought about, or, you know, that I went through, um, that was mostly like childhood stuff. So like, you know, if I sit down to write a essay, you know, I can, I can write more like about adult stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So um, that's kind of how that came together. And then uh, after that, I was, I started writing this other uh, novel that was kind of like, there's similarities between the memoir and the novel in in that they're both written in this like fragmented sort of like, you know, uh, kind of flash sort of style, it's like flash memoir or like flash fiction. Like the novel could almost be a bunch of flash fictions compiled into a storyline, you know, that's the way it kind of feels to me. So I wrote the novel kind of in a similar way where I was kind of thinking about like stuff that happens in a relationship when you're an adult. And I would write these kind of short little snapshot kind of scenes. And just like I did with the, the memoir, I'd kind of like print up all of these little chapters or scenes and then figure out what order they went in, (laughs) you know, just kind of like figure out. So it just kind of had like all this paper and I was kind of shuffling them around like, wait, no, I should put this here. And so that was kind of an interesting um, way of putting those books together.
0: That's um, the novel, what was the novel called again? Uh,
1: This is Between Us. And that was with Tin House uh, like uh, came out like late 2013, 2014.
0: Yeah, and then I know from, the new book, I made an accident with your collage work in it and some poems. I know that that's around the time that you start doing visual arts, (laughs) essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'm familiar with it from the intro. I kind of know the story, but for for listeners who aren't familiar with kind of the story of you coming to collage, I'd I'd love to have you tell the story, you know, right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So early on, you know, when I was writing and publishing poetry and kind of writing my you know like first short stories and stuff like that, I also uh would just kind of do these like funny experiments where I cut out like a bunch of words from uh newspaper headlines and um and I would kind of like rearrange them and make these like kind of just like really like crazy headlines um you know and and it was just kind of funny. Um, I really enjoyed that and I put out I made this little chapbook called children's book um, that was like like 50 of those kind of like funny cut up things Um, and I really liked it I mean it's really weird and and goofy but I like weird and goofy stuff and um, it was just really fun to do it and it kind of made me laugh and um, I did that like in the 90s or whatever and then i kind of stopped doing it for a while because it's just writing and stuff you know and um and then after that after this is between us came out and i I promoted it and stuff for a few months and then i i was thinking you know like oh should i you know start writing something else or what should i do but i just wasn't uh for some reason i was just kind of like burned out a little bit and i didn't want to just didn't feel super compelled to like work on another writing project uh, and so I was thinking like oh you know I still have this like envelope of words <laughs> you know <laughs> somewhere I'm just gonna go find that and I'm just gonna like dump it out and just kind of like start making stuff that way and um, it was a way for me to um, like if I'm writing I'm, I'm thinking like writing is all about thinking and like, you know, using your, your brain and kind of like, um, constructing stories, uh, with words, you know, it's a, it's, it's a lot of thinking. And I know some people say that they love writing and some people say that they hate writing and, you know, I, I sort of fall more into the hate writing uh, camp, (laughs) you know, like I love having stuff written having it done and out there and feeling like, okay, good. I was able to communicate that, you know? Um, but it's a pain in the butt sometimes when you're writing and you're just racking your, your brain over the simplest sentences, like, uh, and so when I was collaging, even with just like the words, it was just like this sense of fun, like instead of thinking you're seeing.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so um i was just really enjoying that that ability to kind of like turn off my my brain a little bit and you know and like in the writing kind of sense and just to look at something in front of you like on the table and figure out like what what you can do with these like words or images that will like you know make you um laugh or kind of like give you some kind of like funny jolt you know Mm -hmm. so um so i started doing that again but i was also doing it on like i would kind of get these images from magazines just these kind of like funny images of you know um people dancing or like uh you know like um animals like you know chasing each other or something and i would put these words over it you know Mm -hmm. and it would kind of like be a funny sort of juxtaposition between like the Words and the image, you know, and um, I wasn't really doing much with the images. And then, uh, a friend of mine at Powell's, uh, you know, saw some of them, and 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 she was like, Oh, you should, you know, look at this, uh, look at this book that has like these collages in it. Um, and it was this book called The Age of Collage, it's a really big, uh, thick art book published uh, by Gestalten, And I looked at it and it was just like this super amazing kind of discovery uh, that it was like this book with like 200 artists or something in it. And they're all like, you know, contemporary, like living people. And they're all doing like really cool, just wild stuff with like images. And, and you know, some of them used words a little bit, but it was mostly images. And, um, it was kind of an eye opening thing. Like, Oh my God, this is like, you know, this is collage. It's like, um, something that I can do. You know, I, I wouldn't say that I have talent as an artist as far as like, I don't really draw or like paint well, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but these were like, I can look at a bunch of images or words and kind of like put them together in a way that, I think is interesting to me. And then I just kind of like, you know, like what we were talking about earlier, where you really get into something and then like a month later, you're just like, oh my God, there's like (laughs) this whole world. I'm discovering like every day I'm discovering like, you know, 50 new artists, you know, that, that are doing this. And there's like this person like down the street does this too. (laughs) You know, it's just like, it's like, the more people I talk to about collage at that point, you know, a lot of people would be like, oh yeah, I do that too. Or like, you know, my best friend does that. Or like, you know, I used to love doing that in high school. Or, you know, like, you know, this is kind of funny. Um, like everyone's done it at some point in their life. Um, <laughs> but, you know, maybe they just don't think of it as like an art um in the expression of art or whatever.
0: Yeah, so the the title's such a perfect title for a collage book, right? Mm-hmm. I made an accident, because I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old and they're and they're both like just obsessed with using safety scissors, like <laughs> cutting things up. You know, like when they come home from their, or the little one when he comes home from daycare, like the art projects he does, like the teachers have or helped him or they've cut out things and they're letting him glue things down on the paper and it just makes me think like there's just something innate (laughs) about the fun of decontextualizing something kind of recontextualizing something having this kind of experiment that's kind of improvisational you don't know what you're going to find you don't know (laughs) what you're going to combine it with and you know it's like a joyful just innately fun thing to do um so i can totally see the draw to doing something like that after (laughs) (laughs) Writing a couple, <laughs> a couple books, uh, and 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 more, and publishing, and and all that after all that time to do something like that, and you know, I re- just really enjoyed the experience of of reading or reading and looking looking at, <laughs> reading and looking at the book, um, you know, because well, partly I think because I'm so used to everything being textual that I read are mostly textual, so it's it's just like a refreshing experience to spend some time with a book like this but one thing i noticed about the work in it uh your visual collage work you know is like it, it's like collage taking on different forms like to me there's collage as humor like some of the pieces are funny Then there's like collage as horror and then there's a collage as like a psychedelic experience and then there's a you know i think there's a range in between and, and out of those things and combinations thereof um, but i'd love to hear about you know, the process of collaging for you, like a night that you're collaging or a morning you're collaging, you know, and you have the magazines you're using. I think in the intro you were talking about, you were using like 1950s, and I can tell from the images as well, like Life and Saturday Evening Post and like Nat Geo. So I'd love to hear about your process of like, okay, I'm gonna do some collage tonight. Yeah. I'm starting from fresh, Yeah, yeah, you know, what, what happens? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I just, um, a lot of times I don't really have like a preset kind of idea of what i'm gonna do um for me it kind of starts off with just like uh looking through uh the magazines or the books that i have um i use a lot of books too like old books of like photos uh, or um you know i find like the the paper um in the books are it, it is better when it comes to like gluing and stuff like that so like I do use magazines, mm-hmm. um, a pretty fair amount, but I, I, uh, feel like I've used a lot of book stuff uh, lately too, but usually I'd cut out a bunch of stuff first. I just kind of find, um, or like colors, um, and just kind of cut a bunch of stuff. And sometimes it's like really, you know, I'm trying to do a really clean cut around like, um, uh, you know, like somebody's. A head or like a car or something like that and other times I'm kind of like just kind of doing like a rough kind of tear um, of like some you know like a bouquet of flowers or something like that um, so there's a lot of just like I'm kind of just like compiling a, a big thing like I have a couple of um, big Tupperware sort of uh, storage boxes you know um, and I pull those out, and I still have like a bunch of stuff that I cut up. That's that I just kind of like at the end of the night, you know. I'll I'll sometimes see like, oh, where's that thing that I cut out like, you know, an hour ago? Let me grab that and put it next to this thing. Oh, that's really funny. Um, so uh, you know, as you're cutting and compiling you have all of these things in front of you and then it's fun just to kind of like, you know, be like, Oh, that would be funny to combine with this thing that I just cut out and you're kind of just like moving stuff around. And then at the end of the night, you also just kind of like sweep sweep the, uh, the, the extra unused stuff into these like storage, uh, four things, you know? So I have a couple of those that just have like just tons of like stuff in there and I'll kind of open them up there might be some nights where I actually don't cut because at this point I have like so much material that's already cut up that I, I could probably just like avert my eyes from the stack of books, you know, Um, as fun as that is, you know, that's a really fun part of it. Yeah. Um, But it's also fun just to kind of like see the pile of stuff that you have and to grab, you know, pick and choose things and to like, you know put it in front of you and kind of like move stuff around and be like oh that looks really cool like you know what if i oh i'm gonna put this upside down and sometimes it's really abstract um you know in a lot of earlier stuff that i did i'll just use like one image and then i'll put it on like another image and like there's a lot of stuff that's just like two pieces you know um and those are pretty simple and direct and um you know sometimes people really uh love that and and really react to it um maybe more so than than like a piece that's like more abstract with like lots of kind of things moving in different directions and shards of of stuff and um sometimes that stuff is like more interesting to make you know, you're kind of making this sort of a weird abstract image and, and trying to, you know, kind of balance the the pieces, you know, on the page, uh, something that's like, you know, a little fluid. And Sometimes those are the most fun to put together. But sometimes those also don't get as much response, like, from people. <laughs> They're just sort of kind okay, of like, you know, crazy.
0: Yeah, I wonder if, because when when you look at an image, you're so used to reading the image so quickly that like you kind of want to like look at it and, and feel like you grasp it, I guess. I don't know. Um, and probably when people look at something more abstract, they're like, but when I look at an image, it's supposed to make sense right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's like, I think it, the one of the descriptions uh, for this book was like, you know, saying that there's a lot of um, like visual sight gags, you know mm-hmm. um and that's kind of like uh that 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 is like something that's pretty fun to do and it's like yeah it's kind of immediate and usually those are the pieces that just have like one or two images on it um but yeah sometimes those are the most immediate like responses or whatever uh,
0: yeah and and looking at the work made, it made me think of something i never thought of before which was like how much the magazines you're choosing and pulling from are going to create the work. It's almost so obvious that I, n- I never thought of it before. Like, you know, I mean, you, the content you're pulling from, so the, the style of image or the way people look or, you know, all that stuff. And so, um, you know, like I think a person's visual style as a collagist, I suppose, a big part of it is what they choose to pull from. And I was I was wondering, um, you know, what kind of images do you feel like you're most drawn to, I guess, when you come across them in a magazine? Yeah, I mean,
1: I really like stuff that's like, before I was born or, you know, like from eras before me. There's something about that that seems mysterious and, alluring to me because i because i didn't have those images around me like growing up you know like i i grew up i was a small kid in the 70s and like you know came of age in the 80s you know and you have all those other kinds of images and it's funny to think back at like you know um like the 50s and 60s like the kind of pre-hippie days where there's this like you know sense of um Americana and what life is supposed to look like in this kind of idealized sort of like sanitized unrealistic kind of kind of thing. It's like this weird nostalgia world where everything is really like sweet and polite and um I like you know taking images like that like you know like a guy sitting in uh this like cushy chair smoking a pipe you know (laughs) or like this like happy housewife lady like you know like holding up her uh, you know her laundry detergent or whatever it's just like these really weird images um and i like to kind of play with that kind of stuff because it is like nostalgic and it is supposed to be comforting. I think like, you know, you look at these old magazines and these these ads trying to, to um, you know, sell this like way of life and this like mm-hmm. uh, illusion of what life is supposed to look like and, and how you are going to have comfort in your life. Um, and I like to kind of take some of those images because you know, They are kind of like sweet and wholesome and um and i like to kind of like you know mess them up and 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 (laughs) put other things in it and kind of like make it seem like oh this is not what it seems you know like this is really what's happening with this person um laughing at this friends joke you know at the barbecue or whatever <laughs> like you know yeah. you're just kind of using all these different um images and then also like manipulating them in a way that um takes them out of their comfort zone so into something that's a little bit more uh, you know i always I say funny and i and i kind of lean toward humor but I also like to, um, you know, try to make things that are kind of like provocative or something that kind of like makes you uncomfortable in some in some way, um, something that kind of haunts you, your thoughts a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it's usually like a lot of stuff from before I was born, mm-hmm. <laughs> this kind of like weird nostalgia for this like era that i did not live in
0: yeah um let's talk about some of the poems so you know wh- looking through the poems in the book they look to be like different kinds of styles like some of them seem to be more like kind of the the burrows kind of cut up some i think at least one is seems like it's found i forget the artist but it's like the artist talking about kind of their process or method oh yeah um and then that's turned into a poem then there's ones that seem more just like i wouldn't say a traditional poem but like a normal <laughs> a normal kind of uh, poem that seems like it was written maybe not linearly but doesn't yeah. seem collage yeah, yeah. i guess i should say there there are gotcha. poems that, that don't seem collage yeah and then there's and then there's other poems that work on that collage juxtaposition where like it'll be a poem that has like kind of a stanza or two with a certain approach on a certain subject and then the, and then, and right after that will be a similarly, stru- similarly structured um, stanza or two that is like s- almost semi-related, kind of the, the first thing, but not really. But what kind of brings them together is that they're placed one after another and, and kind of like use that similar structure, which to me is very <laughs> similar to the visual collage stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to hear you talk a, a little bit about your... Um, the influence that the, the visual collage has had on your writing, you know, and in particular the poems in the book.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I think poems and collage have similarity in that they are both kind of approachable, um, forms, you know, people who uh, maybe aren't trained writers, um, can sit down and write a poem, even if they don't really know what they're doing. They can still create a poem. You know, it's fairly easy to do. It might not be good, but they can do it. <laughs> and same thing with collage. Collage is a really easy thing to do. And you can sit down and you don't even, sometimes you don't even really have to know what you're doing. And you can make something pretty quickly and you know it might not be great but you can still do it they're, they're similar in that way um they're very approachable they're very accessible um and as you do it more and more you find yourself um you know becoming more disciplined at it and kind of like more skilled and And figuring out how things work and what doesn't work. So, I often tell people, like, when I'm watching people collaging, you know, I do these events sometimes where a bunch of people come and make collages, and I'll walk around sometimes and I'll like talk to people. And sometimes people will, will ask me, like, oh, do you think this looks good here or here, you know, before they glue stuff down. And a lot of times, you know, one of the things that people getting into collaging, first of all, do is they sometimes use too many uh, images. And then it's just this big cluster of like crazy things all together. And um, and the same thing with poems. You know, you'll see somebody who's writing poems and it's like, and it's kind of overwritten. And there's like a lot of different things going on and like, um, and you can just easily go through you know, to say like, oh, this would be good. Like, let's take this line out. I don't think you should say this part because you're kind of employing it already. You're kind of giving it away too much. Um, Let's take this out. Uh, This part is distracting. You know, this line in this poem is distracting. This little thing on your collage is distracting. Let's take it out. So the editing process between making a collage and making a poem is kind of similar. Uh, in a lot of ways Um, and that you're kind of like figuring out where things go and figuring out what to take out of it or how much you want to reveal there has to be a certain amount of the reader of a poem or the viewer of a collage to put something in it themselves you know reading a poem and the poem might not say this specific thing that pops into the the reader's mind but that is a sign of a good poem i think when you when you have people thinking about something else that the poem is not really telling you mm-hmm. it's kind of leading leading you to something And the collage is kind of the same way you look at something and 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 it makes you think of something that's maybe not the uh intention of the artist so yeah that's kind of at least how i see the similarities with the poems and the collages and you know i started right when i started writing i was writing poems and so um And I did that for a while and then I kind of moved more into prose and stuff like that. So writing poems again, you know, a lot of these poems are just from like the last eight years or last 10 years. I got inspired to write poems again after kind of like not writing poems for a while. Um, Part of that was just because I was reading a lot of really great poets and and I was inspired by a lot of um, uh, poets and a lot of friends who are poets and, um, you know, sometimes I don't really know what to do with my poems. Uh, sometimes I'll write them and I won't really know what to do. Like, I I don't, I rarely submit them, you know, some of these have been published, but like, I don't really know what the purpose of, <laughs> uh, you know, where they fit in the world. So it's kind of cool for me to have, you know, these like 30 poems or whatever in this book. Because I think they kind of do fit, like you were saying, some of them have kind of a collage aspect to them.
0: Yeah. And um, I know you mentioned eight eight years you've been collaging, I think, and eight to ten on, on some of the poems in here. Yeah. So I do wonder if you've been writing or working on other books over this period of time, or if that's something you've been doing now that you're kind of compiling you know, all this work over this period of time into a book and... So yeah, tell me a bit about, you know, what if anything you've been working on. What else you've been working on?
1: Yeah, I have um well, I finished um a novel at the beginning of twenty twenty. And it was a novel that I'd been working on since probably twenty twelve or something. But it was like really sporadic. Like I would work on it and then I wouldn't like look at it for like three months and then I <laughs> work on it again. And then I finally like kind of buckled down in 2019, um, like 2019 into 2020, like pre-COVID, um, where I decided I wanted to get that novel done. So I, I just kind of like devoted my personal life into like not doing anything on the weekends, not planning anything, not going to social events and just really kind of like committing myself to, you know, um, not distracting myself and having more time to, to to work on that, so I worked on that book and I finished it, and then you know, uh, started sending it out um, right around the time when COVID was was happening. So it was kind of bad timing, and um, I was really excited about the book, and I still am, uh, but I've just had this very frustrating time. Uh, where I haven't been able to uh, get an agent uh, or uh, publisher interested in it Um, and a lot of times it's just people who are backed up or people who kind of stopped looking at stuff because of COVID and stuff so that's been a real struggle Um, I do have it out at a couple of places right now Um, you know still hoping to get that out there but um, yeah, and I've talked to other people who uh have finished books in the last couple of years too and I know it's not just my problem. It seems like, um seems like it's very, very hard um for writers to to find uh, publishers for books these days. But um after I finished that I started working on this other book, uh, which I was excited about. Um and I started working on like I think in the fall of 2020 when I was not working and then into early 2021. And then I had a weird, uh, computer thing happen and I lost a bunch of files, uh, Mm -hmm. including like the 40,000 words of this book that I (laughs) was starting to work on. Brutal. And so that happened, um, last May, about a year ago and uh you know i took it to some computer places and stuff and i was really dumb because i didn't like save it to I cl- i didn't have the cloud thing turned on for it mm-hmm. um and i didn't show it to anybody i didn't email it to anyone or, oh, or myself okay. so it was just totally lost um and ever since then you know like i said about a year ago i've just been sort of paralyzed when it comes to like opening up a word document um, and uh it's yeah it's been really tough so it's i mean i have other things to keep me busy you know like we're working on this book uh and and i was able to write a couple of poems you know kind of at the last minute um and get those into the book um but uh and i I have all these future tense uh projects going on um so you know, I've had to, I've had those distractions, but it was very, um, heartbreaking to have to to lose all of that stuff. Um, I finally just recently, um, started working on an essay that talks a little bit about that, actually about, it Mm -hmm. talks a little bit about losing that file. Um, but also a lot of that, uh, a lot of that book that was lost, was about a friend's uh, suicide in 2019. So I started writing an essay just recently um, that I think is probably gonna be like my first like actual completed piece (laughs) of writing (laughs) since the missing files disaster. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was really uh, nervous about uh, or or just felt really futile about um, yeah. writing anything and 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 I was I was just just I was always like freaked out that it, after a day of writing I would cl- I would save it and close the, the document and then not, not be able to find it so I was kind of psyching myself out but um lately I've been working on this essay that I hope will be done soon um and it's kind of about losing those files but mostly it's about my friend's uh, suicide which was a big part of this book so mm-hmm. Not necessarily trying to rewrite the book in the forty thousand words that I lost, but I thought that this would be a good um at least a good way to uh, resolve some of that um feeling of loss by mm-hmm. talking about that, which is something i've I have been wanting to talk about about his uh, about his death and the things surrounding it, so
0: yeah so you're using the cloud now
1: <laughs> yeah i have like the thing you know that where you turn your auto save thing on yeah. um i think i turned it off when i was working on that book because it was like i think for some reason it was like annoying me because it would do that thing where it would like save every once in a while and then it would kind of like pause for like you know 15 seconds while you're you know writing and i don't know it was really weird i don't know what it was but who knows? Maybe I deserve it.
0: All right, that was my conversation with Kevin Samsel. Go check out "I Made an Accident" from Clash Books, and also check out all the books he publishes with Future Tense. And make sure to check out our books too over at AutofocusLit.com/books. And that's it. Thanks for listening. Till next time.